Well, good morning, everybody. How are you? Good? It's awesome. Uh, love worship. Do you guys love worship? You know, we're created to be worshipers first and workers second, and uh, it's always a good thing. I was thinking about Declare and what's happening coming up, and have you guys uh, noticed in the news that there's worship opportunities popping up all over America? Anybody? You almost have to be... Oh, kids can go now. <laughs> I did my duty. <laughs> but anyway, worship opportunities are happening all over America. Uh, Let Us Worship. Has anybody heard of Let Us Worship? You might want to go online, type on that. They've been to almost every capital city uh, in America worshiping. Uh, next year, they have 23 more they're going to go to. So they've been, their goal is to go to every capital city to worship outside, to love, and to honor Jesus so that the church can be seen. Isn't that awesome? And then uh, Time Magazine just came out with uh, about the baptisms in California, over 6,000 people being baptized in one day. That's been out in the news. And so what is happening, the, the church uh, is emerging in that good news. But uh, I also believe that uh, the church is emerging in other ways. Uh, it's in the, the prayer arena, certainly. And so at Hopeland Church on, uh, coming up on Friday night, uh, the 15th, uh, there's an all-night all prayer meeting for those of you who are intercessors and in prayers or if you would even like just to go support. That's going to be at Hopeland all night. Again, this is part of Declare and Hopeland Church. Simple Street Ministries are going to be praying all night, uh, intercession for our community. That's just down the road, Hopeland. It's not far church. It's 7 p.m. So that's good news. Don't you like that kind of good news? That's the kind of good news that brings some encouragement that uh, Jesus is on the move. He always has been, and uh, he always will. What I've uh, heard, heard a long time ago is that Jesus is coming back for his church. Isn't that good news? And that he's coming back for a church that really is looking for him. And I believe sometimes the stuff happens in our lives uh, that uh, comes into our life that really propels us uh, to lean into Jesus a little bit stronger. Have you guys ever found that out? Trials and tribulations and stuff like that. How about just sin stuff? You know, the stuff that we pick up as we walk through life and we, we have to really get desperate sometimes and lean into Jesus so he can wash us and cleanse us and move us on. Uh, so anyway, it was really, really, really good. My wife had a really good testimony and she was a chicken. She won't come up and do it, so... But it was all about that, that she was at work. And uh, when she was at work this week, she noticed some stuff going on. She was serving everywhere, okay, at her work. She was having to run around, do all this kind of crazy stuff. And she looked and noticed that the other people who were, quote, quote working with her were, were, not, were not working. <laughs> they were having a break. And so Patty's doing all this kind of stuff. And she noticed her attitude. Has God ever shown you your attitude? You know, the attitude, you know, you know those things. And I showed her her attitude, and she immediately repented because she remembered that Jesus gave up everything as a servant out of Philippians 2, that he emptied his whole life to become a servant, to serve those uh, whom he did know and who he was going to come to know. So that really checked her heart, and so she just says, well, that's great, I'll just leave that alone, just move on serving the Lord. But that's kind of how the Holy Spirit works, isn't it? And he does that in all of our lives, and we really need him. Uh, this morning when I woke up, I've been working through Hebrews, and I think it was interesting that Emily talked about uh, communion today, the way that she talked about it. She was talking about Melchizedek. 
And I've been in Hebrews for about, about three weeks, just going through Hebrews uh, little bit by little bit using uh, Ladd's theological uh, st study of the New Testament. Sounds deep, but it's really encouraging. And in Jesus in Hebrews, I'd encourage you, if you want to see Jesus in a different light, read the book of Hebrews. Remember what she said about Melchizedek and how Jesus is, is our high priest based on better better, a better covenant with better promises with better hope than the Old Testament. Isn't that good? Better promises, a better covenant, and a better hope. And uh, really getting in, in God's Word, when you study and you just read God's Word, it's like we get washed and we can see Jesus just a little bit little bit greater maybe than we have seen Him in the day by day. But this morning I woke up in uh, my daily reading, and I thought it was interesting based on what I'm going to share today. It says, Through Him then... Let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise that is the fruit of lips that, gives, give, that give thanks to his name. We just did that, didn't we? We just gave a sacrifice of praise. Through him then let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of lips that give thanks to his name. And then there's a word and. What is the word, the word and there for? It's a conjunction, isn't it? It connects the first part of the sentence to the second part of the sentence. And it's so important because what happens here in this passage, what God is doing, is he's, the writer is doing, he's, he's putting an and in there to connect the first part to the second part of what he's writing about. And here's the and. And do not neglect doing good and sharing, for with such sacrifices, God is pleased. Isn't that interesting that the sacrifice of praise and the sacrifice of serve, ser, serving uh, one another and serving our community and serving people really gives honor to his name. And guess what? God is well pleased. Isn't that good? God is well pleased. And I would just like to encourage you here today a little bit just on the, this whole thing of outreach and to give a thanks. I do this kind of once a year, but that's Mr. G, Okay. He's the principal of the school that we just cleaned. Say, hey, Mr. G, how you doing? There you go. <laughs> anyway, he uh, po uh, popped in one day this week because there was a company, uh, Streaming Design and Art, who created 26 of these signs, 1 through 26, on metal so that they could put it on their fence. What was happening, the teachers were putting it on the fence and, and with paper and all kinds of stuff, and they just blow down. They wouldn't be there. And so uh, we, they asked if we could do something about that. So we said, sure, we can do something about that. So this company donated their time to make 1 through 26 so all the kids can get on the buses safely. Isn't that good? That is good. And then uh, that is really good. And then uh, I, walked, I walked in today. I walked in today and uh, I got this card. I got this card from Tip City Schools. Isn't that, isn't that wonderful? Perfect day for getting a card for Tip City Schools. Didn't get it all week, got it today. And this is from the school board. This is from our school board here in Tip City, and here's what they say. There are not enough words to fully express a heartfelt thanks for the support you have extended to our schools with sincere gratitude. And every member of the staff at the school board signed the letter for the card forms. I think God should get some praise out of that. And I think it's certainly true because, you know, kindness does, the things that we do in kindness does do something. It reveals the very kindness and nature and goodness of God. Uh, it also sparks other things. We, we went out and uh, Steve was with us and Robert, Leah's husband, we, they were, gave us a mandate to take down the old basketball goal, okay? It was made in the 50s out of metal. 
Okay, the backboard was metal. I'm not talking light metal, I'm talking heavy metal. That sounds like music or something. Anyway, it was heavy metal. So Steve decided to help us to take it down. So what he did basically, he got a rope and put a rope there and two pieces of wood. And Robert and I were supposed to kind of hold on to the pieces of wood and let the uh, backboard down slowly. Well, slowly turned into fastly. And we dove out of the way and we survived. None of us got hurt. We survived. We tore it down, and then Steve came back, and he patched it and everything. But what it did, it motivated uh, Mr. G to get a basketball goal, appropriate size for the kids, the school paid for, because of what we had done. We removed it so they could do this. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that awesome? And I think that's a great thing that uh, we can do that. So I'd just like to the title of the message today, Acts of Kindness or a Prophetic Unveiling. It's a revealing of what is not seen. In my life, uh, I've been a prophetic person for a long, long time. Uh, and mainly when I pray for people, sometimes God gives me words of encouragement, comfort, and consolation for people. I'm not one of these prophetic people that prophesy into the future. But what I can do is encourage people toward their future. Does that make sense? And to comfort people and those who are suffering and also to bring exhortation, like you can do this, you can go on. So I've always been that kind of a kind of a person. And then and when I was in Scotland, church planning, the Lord gave me a choice. It was uh, during the Toronto days back in way years and years ago, and the move of the Spirit swept over uh, over Scotland and England and Wales and all the countries there, Ireland. And so we enjoyed that for a long time. It was like a really long time of really just worshiping the Lord, worshiping the Lord. And then I began to notice that uh, as time went on, that the church began to turn inward instead of outward. And I've always been kind of an outward guy. And so I'm looking at this thinking, man, this, this move of the Holy Spirit, I mean, I'm really glad that our churches are being refreshed, but I'm, I'm really concerned. I mean, there were 2,000 churches that were touched by the move of the Holy Spirit, they reckon, in the U.K., but most of them turned inward instead of outward. And it really grieved my heart because I, we were doing outward stuff because we're church planning and we were out in the streets all the time. We were doing all kinds of stuff for people. And I really felt the Lord gave me a choice. And the choice was, Steve, you can, you can uh, use your gifting outward or you can use your gift for my church. Which would you like to do? I kind of had a choice. I said, I think I'm going to do the outward thing because that's okay. And so that has been the sum of my life that the Lord really mandated me to somehow to unveil the church prophetically because it's not seen for the most part. Where the church is really located is right in these four walls. The church for the most part in, in America is, is Sundays. And the other thing that the church churches did back, back in the day, 20 years ago, they decided that they didn't like the schools, so they started their own schools. And then they said they didn't like uh, uh, secular rec centers, so they built their own family life centers. So basically what the church did, they abdicated their call to the world, and basically they huddled together because they could do all this stuff in a, quote, safe place without contamination from the world. I'm just the truth, and that is the truth for a lot of things. Now, saying that, I'm not, I'm not dissing Christian schools, I'm not dissing Christian work, rec centers and all that stuff, because we've come a long way and a lot of people now are using their centers to reach out into the community to create, and also to create uh, preschools and all that kind of stuff for, for children, but it, but it really, it really got, got my heart you know, to, to see that, 
So when we were serving, I was serving with another church in the community, a rather large church, and we started going to Fairborn Elementary School to do uh, mainly food encouragement to the less served of the community using their parking lot. Then it dawned on us that maybe we should start serving the school. So we did, we went to the principal and said, hey, what's the biggest thing that your need that you have that we can meet? She goes, would you make three signs? One principal, school nurse, and deliveries. We're going crazy, would you mind doing that for us? And said, yeah, we can do that. So we made three signs. We made principal, the school nurse, and deliveries. But then later uh, we served and we said, uh, what, uh, what else can we, we do for you? And she says, well, our, our, our bus situation is crazy. Furborn Elementary School, 1,700 kids. Okay, back in the day, 1,700 kids. They're the largest bust school uh, in Ohio, one of them, and uh, uh, largest bus school in Ohio. Oh, the other statistic, 46% poverty level. Can you imagine? That's Fairborn, Ohio, just down the street. 46% poverty level. And that's why the food was so important. And so she, go, she asked us if we could help sort out bus time. And just like we did the signs there, we said, we can do that. And so they had, like, from here to that wall, that's where the bus would park, and over here is where the kids would stand to get on the bus over there. And there were letters, A through 26 alphabet, all the way through on the ground, painted a black background with a yellow A, B, C, D, E, F, G. We did over there A, B, C, D, E, F, G. And so that was their biggest need. And we said, yeah, we can do that. So eight of our ladies spent a whole Saturday morning and they went out there and they did A, B, C, D, and then they repeated the process. And then we got a letter back just like this from, from Fairborn Schools. Thank you for removing all the chaos in our, in, our, our, uh, in our buses when our kids get on the buses. They thanked us for it because it was total chaos because the kids, of course, they're ADHD, they're doing all over the place trying, and then they just go, oh, I'll just stand by A. And then they can go through the bus and say, isn't that crazy just to offer to do that? And so the next thing we, we did, we developed a relationship. We're serving them all the, t all the time. They asked us to remove the bushes around the windows, the windows there around their school because kids were hiding in the bushes and other people hiding in the bushes. And we said, okay, we'll do that. Six dump trucks later, we had it, had it fixed. Six dump trucks. That awesome, that's how many dump trucks it took to do it. And it was the man's day. So we had all the men out there, I mean, we had a, some ladies were there too, but it was really a manly thing. We had jeeps with chains, and, you know, jerking out the. Anyway, it was a lot of fun. So the next thing happened, and this is, this is important. This this story, is that uh, the, this is what really got me. Is we asked her, said, "Would you mind if we, on your staff, going back to school, would you consider letting us come with uh, our ladies' ministry? Would you let us come and do a teacher appreciation breakfast for your teachers?" And she said, yes, that would be fantastic. And so I gave the, our ladies' ministry a huge chunk of money, and they went out and they excelled. They just, you know, ladies know how to shop. I mean, I, I, I mean, sometimes Patty makes me go to Hobby Lobby, and I thought, you know, this is a ladies' place, this Hobby Lobby. I, thought was prob I probably shouldn't be here. But anyway, ladies, ladies know how to shop, and so they shopped, and she also asked us to make five big baskets so that we could give to the, the, the Teacher of the Year. Does that make sense? Teacher of the Year and a couple of other awards. So we said, yeah, we'll do that. And so here's the picture, if you could come, come down. That's the picture of what we did. And it's, this was awesome. We had uh, Cake, Hope, and Love. They, they gave us uh, we, uh, cupcakes 
over 100, there was 100, I think there was 117 teachers there that day. So they gave us 120 cupcakes that said, you rule on them. Had little rulers, little rulers on them. And there's the, the, the gift basket that we, we gave to the teachers, teachers for their awards. Isn't that cool? And then the other thing that we did, was, see these gift bags here? All the teachers lined up and every teacher got a gift bag uh, personally. And teachers were just like, just stunned. And what really got me was this, I appreciated their thanks, but what really got me is what I heard. It really, it just, it just, it just, it just made me do what I do today. It really did, because what they said to me was this. She goes, we can't believe that you're doing this. No one has ever done this for us before. That's good. That's good. But the bad hit me. The bad hit me. And I said, why has no one ever done this for our schools before? Why? Where are the churches? Where's God's people? Why don't they care? What did they do? We huddled together so we would be safe. Look at our school systems today. What happened? Maybe. I'm not going to throw it out there. Drop the bomb. Think about it. Maybe we abandoned our schools. Maybe. Maybe that's what happened. And maybe that's why we're in the mess that we're in today. I'm just saying. And uh, I know that's hard to hear, and we don't like to hear stuff like that. But... Jesus called us to be salt and light into our world. His command is not the great suggestion. His command is the great commission. The great commission is go into all the world making disciples of people so that they can follow me, know me, and know that they're loved by my Father. That is the great commission is to go. And so why do we do what we do? It's because we have a father in Tip City whose name is Father God. And we have a son in Tip City. His name is Jesus Christ, the Holy One. And we have the Holy Spirit that compels us to go. Amen. Compels us to serve. Remember, through him then, let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of lips that give thanks to his name. And do not neglect doing good and sharing for which sacrifices are well pleased. Amen. Now, I was speaking to a group of guys in the that small prayer meeting that we Nicole and I went to to talk to people about what we were doing, just to try to get prayer for what we were doing. Nicole we did, a, did a great job, and uh, there were some other guys that were there who really loved to share the gospel. Uh, they don't serve, but they love to share the gospel. Well, taking that back, they do share, but they always share the gospel. And so what, what, the, what happens to me when I meet people who share the gospel a lot, they always, when I talk to them about love and good deeds, they say, yeah, but that is not the good news. And I go, oy vey. I said, it's not the good news. And uh, I said, well, let me just encourage you. Jesus encouraged us. He said this, 
Let your light shine in such a way as men behold your good deeds that they will glorify the Father. So what is, what is, what is the good deeds? Where do they go? And how do people? And it also says, as they observe your good deeds, that they may glorify the God and Father. Uh, Titus is where, where I'm trying to go. I'm not sure I'm going to make it there, but I'd encourage you to read the book of Titus uh, because he talks a lot about that, talks a lot about good deeds, and I'll, I'll try to get there. So anyway, I encourage him. I say, well, here's what happens. is that basically, as we're going on our way and as we're serving and as we're caring and as we're doing what we're doing, we have opportunities to be salt and light. We're out to have opportunities to allow our good deeds to shine before men in such a way that they'll glorify the Father. So our, our good deeds is really Jesus with clothes on. That's what we're trying to do. And so I, then I remembered, it was interesting that Aaron, right here, this next, next slide here, Aaron had the opportunity because the community of, of Tip City, they, they heard about what we were doing. Isn't that interesting? The chamber heard what we were doing. The Rotary Club heard what we were doing. And so the Rotary Club invited Aaron to come and speak to the Rotary Club. And the topic was, why are you serving the way you do? So do you think Aaron may have just perhaps shared the gospel? I'm just guessing that he shared the gospel. He shared the good news, folks. He shared, I mean, he, Aaron, does Aaron hold things back? No, he went, for the, he went right in. And he shared the gospel, the good news, why Jesus compels us to go because we're his kids. He loves us. And he has commissioned us to go into our community to love on our community. Isn't that good news? And so that was encouraging to me. And so I, I did a diagram. This is how my notes years and years ago. Can anybody read that? Probably not, but I'll, I'll, I'll decipher what I wrote. So I was thinking about this, about what this one uh, quote that a friend of mine, he wrote a book called The Externally Focused Church. And his quote is, good deeds creates goodwill that opens hearts to the good news. Isn't that great? Good deeds creates goodwill that opens hearts to the good news. That's just what happened. The hearts of our community were open to be able to what? To hear the good news. Whether they respond or not, that's up to them and, and Jesus. So the other, other part of what we do when we go, we're creating God space whenever we go out and do what we're doing. What we're trying to do is create an environment or God space where God can do God things. And uh, we had a pop-up outreach um, during Halloween last year. Remember Halloween? Uh, what happened? Uh, everybody had, anybody who was shopping on Halloween last year, um, they, if they wore a witch's costume, in Tip City, then they could get a discount in all the shops in Tip City. We thought, what a great opportunity to do a pop-up outreach and to hang out down in Tip City. And people were coming by. We had a few people there that were just, you know, I think we're doing hot chocolate or doing some, some other stuff of water and just praying for people and encouraging people. And one of my favorite pictures is, is seeing Ty and another lady knelt down praying for this lady's foot. <laughs> right outside of grounds for pleasure. I thought that is really cool to be able to do that, to create this God space in the midst of this craziness that Tip City agreed to. Where else should Christians be? We should be, be out there and doing it. So we're going to do it again in this October if they do the same thing. So anyway, here it is. Serving, I believe, is a bridge both to demonstration and the proclamation of the good news. 
I believe that serving is the way to the demonstration. That could even be sign wonders and miracles, or it can be feeding the hungry, or it can be cleaning a school ground, or it can be so many different things that we demonstrate the good news, his love. So that's on that side. On the other side, the good news is the proclamation. This is when we share the gospel. We share the Jesus story. We share with people that, hey, we're lost and without hope and without God. And if you believe in your heart, believe in your heart, God raised Jesus from the dead and you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, well, then you can become one of his kids. And the word of God says this, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And that's what happened to me and it could happen to you. That's the good news. That's it in a simple nutshell. Believing with faith that God raised Jesus from the, from the dead and that uh, he is king and he is Lord. Well, actually, I believe that all of us are crackpots, okay? Here's a good picture. We're all crackpots. Would you agree? Say, say to somebody, hey, crackpot, how you doing? You know, don't, don't do it. But we're all crackpots. We all are. All of us have things in our life that are broken. We all have uh, difficulties. We have uh, Phobia, I'm going to like say phobias, but some of us have anxieties, have fears, have mental issues. Some of us are just proud. Anybody here? I'm not going to ask for that one. You won't raise your hand anyway. But anyway, some of us are just proud. Some of us have all these different things going on that are cracks in our lives that basically Jesus came to heal. And when Jesus healed those cracks in our lives, those very cracks become the light that can go out and encourage another person through the power of your story of what Jesus has done for you. So we're all crackpots. I love it. We're all crackpots. In other words, we're not perfect, but we are all crackpots. Now let me just zip in uh, for the next five minutes. Is that okay? If you have your Bibles, why don't I open up to Titus? Uh, Titus is, talks a whole lot about love and good deeds. Um, I would encourage you, if you can, uh, to write down this, uh, the BibleProject.com. Just write that down, BibleProject.com. Because anytime you want to read the Bible, the best thing to do is to find out the context in which the Bible was written. The context to Titus is very interesting. The culture that these Christians were, found themselves in, on Crete. And so the Bible Project explained all that that Paul and Titus had been on missionary journeys together. Somehow Titus ended up in Crete. They thought it was a great place to go because there were so many opportunities for shipping the gospel around the world. And so they did, they, they created churches, but they created churches on Crete. And you have to understand what was going on in Crete. Crete was the birthplace of mythology gods. It was the birthplace of Zeus. Zeus was the, the ultimate god of the day. And they, he was, they say, was born in Crete. And so they worshiped Zeus and all these other, other people. And the people, not only that, they took on the characteristics of Zeus. Zeus was a scoundrel. He was a womanizer. He lied to get his way with women. And guess what the Cretans did? They celebrated that. The women of the day, the women of the day were very prosperous, the prosperous women of the day were very prosperous because 
they had relations or they had several different affairs, that would be the better way of saying it, several affairs with the prominent men of the city. And what happened, their wealth grew and they didn't get married. It was kind of natural for the Cretans not to get married, but to have affairs and not have lasting commitments to one another. What a place to go and plant a church. And so Paul and them, they planted a church. And so they're, they're there in the midst of this culture. And, and Paul's writing is really hilarious. In one, one passage in the Bible, he says, the Cretans are all liars. And this statement is true because they all were. They were scoundrels or mercenaries who lived on the island. They celebrated lies and all this stuff. And so when Paul wrote Titus, he said this, Titus, I'm writing this to you to encourage people to serve the God who does not lie. Isn't that amazing? Why did he write that? The God who does not lie is because the Cretans were liars and their gods were liars. But this God, this God does not lie. Aren't you glad? Amen. This God, his promises are true. They're yes and they're what? Amen. Amen. This God is a God who is faithful and true and he's pure and he will uh, spin you around for his own pleasure. And he also, the interesting thing that Titus wrote the people of, of Crete, he also talked to him about this other person who was God and his name was Jesus Christ. And he was God because he was the father's son who was God. And so what they were doing, what Paul and Titus, what Paul was trying to do is to bring the people around in the culture to begin to see that Jesus is a God, the father is not a God who should lie, and that Jesus, his son, is the Christ, the Savior, and the only way to heaven. Why? Because there were so many gods that they worshipped in mythology on the island of Crete. They had to be very strong. The other thing that happened for Paul to write this was the Jewish people who were Jewish religion people had infiltrated this early church and began to teach people false things, that they had to follow the law to follow Jesus. That was the big one. They had to follow the law to follow Jesus. They had to, um, to be circumcised to really follow Jesus. They had all these things. And so Paul didn't, have, didn't mince his words. If you read Titus, you can see what he really said about them. But uh, they were false, false leaders. And so Paul's writing Titus in, in the midst of this because Titus's mandate was to deal with the false leaders and also to deal with the church house groups. What had happened, in the, because of all the false teaching and everything, what had happened, the gospel had gotten diluted. And so what happened, the Christians, they began just to live like the people of the world lived. That's why Paul wrote, in, 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 as he wrote in Titus chapter 2, that's why he began to deal with family. Have the older people teach the younger people. Have the men teach the fathers. Have the women. What family was like because the family in, cre in creation culture was broken down very severely and the Christian, the Christian culture at that time was almost just as broke as the creation culture was. So Paul was really writing, Titus, 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 please, please encourage people not to be as the creations. Then he, then he begins to say this, on the very, the very first passage he writes to Titus in chapter one, he says this, Titus, I want you to be a man who is zealous for good deeds. 
Now, why would Paul write in the very beginning for Titus to be someone who is zealous for good deeds? Is because the Christians in the community had, had were so discredited. There was nothing that the people looking on to the Christians would look at was anything inviting except for beliefs, and they had a belief. But what the Christians, Paul was trying to encourage the Christians of Crete to do was have enough good deeds so it would silence the opposition because they can, they can talk about what you believe, you know, the words you say, but they cannot deny the very works that you do. So the works of the Christians on, 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 on Crete and in, that Titus is writing to, Paul is constantly encouraging them to be full of good deeds. Chapter 2, he talks about being full of good deeds. And then chapter 3, this will make more sense to you. Here we go real quickly, wrapping up here. Titus 3 says, Remind the people to be subject to rulers and authorities and to be obedient, to be ready to do whatever is what? Good. Uh, to slander no one, to be peaceable and considerate, and always be gentle toward everyone. Boy, wouldn't that be great today if we took that on board to remind ourselves to be subject to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready for whatever's good, to slander no one, that'd be novel, and to be peaceable and considerate and always be gentle toward who? Is that, did, that, did that just say everyone? Excuse me, I didn't hear, did that say everyone? Yeah, everyone, okay, yeah, that's a preacher's trick, so, all right, it, uh, sorry, shouldn't have said that either, verse three, here's why, here's why we're to do this, at one time you too were foolish, deceived and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures, we lived in malice and envy, being hated and hating one another, so he, what he's talking to him about is to, hey, don't do this in politics. Don't slander people. Be peaceable and considerate and always be gentle toward everyone because at one time, remember where you were. Remember where you were. You were foolish. You were disobedient. You were enslaved and enslaved by all kinds of passions and, and pleasures. Anybody else fall into that boat? Deceived by all kinds of passion and pleasures. We lived in malice and envy, being hated, hated and hating one another. But I love verse 4. And I'd like to write a book called The Butts of the Bible, but I'd probably get banned. <laughs> but, uh, but the butts in the Bible are good. But here's the good news. But when the kindness and love of God our Savior appeared, Jesus, he saved us. Not because of righteous things that we had done, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us just in a little bit, generously. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that, having been justified by his grace, we might become heirs, having the hope of eternal life. Then he jumps down in verse 8. He goes on to talk about some things, and this thing... He says, this is a trustworthy saying, and I want you to stress these things so that those who have trusted in God may be careful to devote themselves to, say it with me, doing what is good. And these things are excellent and profitable for everyone. 
He talks a lot about good deeds. There's other passages in Titus that he talks about good deeds, but basically what he was trying to say is, hey, Titus, these Christians that are following Jesus on this island in these small groups, I'm encouraging you to be an example of good deeds for them so that they, in turn, will be an example of good deeds toward the people in their spheres of influence. Why? It's because they need to be reflecting who Jesus was. Jesus went about doing what? Good and healing all who were oppressed of the enemy. I think that's so important, don't you? That we, that's what, that we, we do that. And so basically, if you're wondering why we as a church go out and love on people the way that we do, is because we're commanded to. We're commanded to go and love. The other reason why we go is because we get to. And it's a lot of fun. And have, has anybody ever ever served another person and then watched the reaction of the person that you've served? Has anybody ever done that? You do it just so you can see their reaction. Has anybody ever, after they've served someone, have you ever felt like this high that comes on your life, this sense of well-being, this sense of good? Has anybody ever felt that? Yeah, well, there's, 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 a, there's a reason for that. Because we were created to be givers. We were created to be kind. And as we set ourselves in alignment with who God is, he is gracious and he is kind. And as we begin to reflect his goodness and his kindness toward all people, what happens is not only do people receive the, the grace and the goodness that, that, they, they have, uh, uh, that we have given them, but we ourselves in turn receive from the Father his well done. Now, I've got an illustration for this, okay? Here's a hot day, okay? Here's a really hot day. Whoop, went on down. I missed all my notes. Keep on. Oh, there it is. Didn't have them in my notes. On a really hot day, here's a group of people handing a Coke for, to a person. Can you all see the Coke in the very middle? They're hot. They're having a Coke. And what, what happened, I can imagine what happened in this picture, is the, the girls behind him with the buckets of water, the girl, those two girls who were standing there, didn't know that they had buckets of water. And so when they handed them the Coke, they grabbed the Coke or the drink, and as soon as they handed it to them, they poured buckets of water over these two girls. That fun? That, that's, a, that's a novel way of outreach right there, you know. So, but the interesting thing, I've often thought about that, that as we go and serve, what is the Father's response to us? He splashes back on us. And here's what I think the Father does for us as a church as we, as we go out and we love. What he does is he bears witness with us by his Holy Spirit that we're doing what is good and right in our community by loving our community into a relationship with Jesus Christ. And I believe personally that he loves that. I believe he loves that. I believe he loves that about us, that we love and care. And I would encourage you to sign up in the, in, out in the lobby, to sign up for what we're going to be doing with Declare. Sign up, come and help. Come and help. Guess what my job is? Is to drive the big truck with all the bouncies so the kids can bounce, bounce on bouncies at, at the Declare event. That's my pleasure. I love doing that. But you can come and help, help serve, help set up, uh, help by greeting. Uh, you can also, on the Serve Week, it's going to be happening the next week. You can sign up for Serve Week to go out and love our community. Amen. Is that good? Are we done? We're done. Okay. That's why we do what we do, and we're compelled to go.
and uh, I, I think it's so important. I, I want to I want to do something. We're, we're going to make an announcement at the very end to pray for a family. But would you all just stand up just for a minute? Would you just stand? Yeah. Oh. You know, I love the prophetic. I mean, I really do. Um, this week, uh, has anybody ever been in a funk? You know, I know what a funk is. Kind of, kind of funky. You know, everything's okay, but it's not okay. You know, am I walking with God holy? Am I not walking? Everybody can go through those things. You know, should I give more to Jesus? Am I giving enough? You know, all those kind of. I was in a funk, and uh, on the, I think it was on Monday. I think Tuesday, I woke up. And in my inbox, um, there was a note in Messenger. And a friend of mine who wasn't really, really just mainly an acquaintance, lived in Texas. And uh, he wrote me a note. I woke up this morning and I thought about you. I don't ever think about you. That sounds a good way. <laughs> Sorry. And I just had a word from the Lord. And here's what the word of the Lord is for you. I believe. He's pleased with you. <laughs> See, that's powerful. Why? It's because it came into my situation. And, and to be honest, folks, that's where the prophetic flows best. Is in, in it, Paul's connection for the prophetic is this, when you come together. It's when you come together as a church. You know people. You know the people who are being prophetic with you because you can go back to them and say, hey, did this make sense? I can't tell you how many people in this room that I have gone after I prophesied over them, went back and said, did this make sense? And a lot of them said yes, and some said no. And some of the, some of the stuff that I, I said, especially one, one really big one, I said for, for a, a person, a, a couple who were doing some phenomenal things, and I had this prophetic word, I really felt like it was the Lord, and I spoke it out, and guess what happened? COVID hit and crashed everything. And so that, that was like, man. So I had to go and apologize because I knew I had given that in this situation. Well, anyway, I just want to encourage you that situation did turn around and everything's going pretty good. But that's God's grace. It wasn't my prophetic words. It was his grace. And so the best way for the prophetic to flow, all it is is encouraging one another. All it is is speaking words of grace and blessing over people's lives. It's just saying, here's the way, here's the way I started when I was a new believer. God, what's the biggest thing that this person needs to hear right now? And I would just wait. You know what happened? God would speak to me. Amen. And then I would just pray what I heard. And then people would say, how do you know all this about me? So I don't know anything about you, but I know a God who knows everything about you. So I'm no big deal. He's the big deal. I don't, I don't get this. So what I want you to do, if you're so brave, if this, you're not comfortable with this, okay, I'm, I'm not going to say I command you to do this, okay? But what I'm going to encourage you to do is just turn to the person and just ask them, what is your greatest need? And then pray for one another. Would you do that? Just now. Just break up the person next to you. You don't have to run to another part of the room. Just what is your greatest need? And then pray for them. It might be good if you wait just a second. You might hear God say to you, something to encourage them.
turn that mic on. Okay, you long-winded prayers. Okay, let's let's face, face back up here just for a minute. We're gonna do a poll. Face back up. Okay. How many people felt better after they were prayed for? Would you raise your hand? Okay. How many people felt better after they prayed? Yeah, a lot of us did. I would encourage you this week, as you're out going out and doing, doing life, I would encourage you to seek to be someone who's generous of spirit and someone who sows uh, good deeds in the lives of others. Now, Steve's going to come up. We have, we've had a death in our church, and uh, this is part of what church is, isn't it? It's the very goodness of God in the midst of a meeting like this where there's joy and there's lightness. But at the same time, the reality is is that uh, people will meet Jesus a lot quicker than some of us. Does that make sense? And so for them, passing on the hope that we have is locked in our souls because of Jesus. He is God, and he is a God that does not lie, and that he promises eternal life for those who believe. So Steve's going to come up, explain things, and he's going to pray. We're going to pray for the family. Thank you, Steve. Wasn't that a great word this morning? You know, so encouraging. Yeah, he made me uneasy. That's a good thing, right? You know, and and while he was talking about um, engaging in good works and good deeds to our community and those around us, the Holy Spirit was saying to me, it's even more than that. I want you to love your enemies. I want you to do good to those who hate you. I want you to bless those who curse you. I want you to pray for those who abuse you. And I'm like, Lord, I'm just trying to get the first part. Steve's getting me to first base, right? You know, you can take it easy on me a little bit, right? But wow. Just wow. Wow. I want to share with you uh, briefly, I, I so, I'm so blessed by the way Steve set this up because last night one of our sisters, one of our dear sisters, Kathleen Summers, died um, at hospice here in Miami County. And many of you may not have known Kathleen because she was one of these quiet souls that lived life in a way that wasn't about her. 
you know, just look at your neighbor right now and just say this. It's not about me. It's about him. And it's about us. And Kathleen lived that way. She was a quiet but Jesus-filled servant to many, many people in this congregation. And I just confess to you that I, I always find myself in a torn state when someone who's dear passes like this. My, my heart is, is broken that this, this servant of the Lord who I got to know in the Oasis Bible study, she came, she came to the Oasis Bible study every week. She was a student of the Word and the Spirit, and I saw her her being the hands, feet, mouth, mind, and heart of Jesus to so many people quietly in this congregation. And you know what? It was beautiful. She was a beautiful follower of Christ. And so my heart hurts that she's gone. But when I heard that she had passed, the words came from my mouth, glory to God. Because here is a servant who is with Jesus right now. I mean, she has run a good race. She has followed the Lord. And so while I'm broken of heart, I'm also celebrating of heart. It's sort of that, it's a weird zone. You know what I'm talking about? I, I'm just celebrating of heart that she's with the Lord. And, and I think it's appropriate that we take a moment to say this kind of thing and to recognize it. And to pray for her family. So will you join me at, as, now to do that? So Lord Jesus, we thank you for Kathleen. We thank you for her life, her true life among us. For her aim was to know you. And to know you with all of her heart. And to allow your spirit to pour through her to so many of us. So we thank you for her love, for her kindness, for her gentleness. For many of the things that Steve Bowen preached about this morning she was a living characteristic of that we're thankful for her testimony among us but we also celebrate that she is with you she's with the lord of glory even now but for us who are still here we pray for her family as we're gathered together that your holy spirit will comfort them in the days and weeks and months and years ahead and that her testimony will live on eternally in our hearts as we follow you. In Jesus' name we pray, and we go forth. Amen. One, one last thing, Aaron and Nicole are away. Would you all turn back to the cameras and wave at Aaron and Nicole to say, we miss you, miss you. Okay, guys, have a great week.